Hey guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about AI and really this phenomenon, this revolution that is taking over our planet. The developments with artificial intelligence are happening so quickly. Like the artificial intelligence systems, the main ones that you and I know of, like um, ChatGPT, which is part of OpenAI, uh, that sort of thing. That's going to be the most famous one that's out there right now. But of course, there's others that are being developed that you and I don't even know anything about. The thing is that the AI is learning so quickly. They're learning how to do more and more things very, very quickly that it's really an exponential growth rate. And so what's there's there's probably things that are not possible today that a month from now will be possible. And one of the crazy things, one of the things that really sticks out to me of how this can become, it could be dangerous, but even just more so like, like annoying, frustrating, just an extra part of our lives that we've got to think about now that we didn't have to think about even just a few years ago, is the fact that because artificial intelligence is getting so good, and because the different engines, like the Unreal Engine, um, which is behind a lot of the gaming software, and that's this software that's being used to develop new technologies where things can be computer generated, computer simulated, but they look so real. And with AI now connected with this kind of technology, it's able to create things that are almost indistinguishable from real life. You've probably heard of or seen the deep fake technology where somebody is able to take somebody's uh, face essentially and create content as another person and it's hard to know what's real and what's not real now you can kind of still tell still a little bit of that reality going on where it's like it's not so perfect yet that you that it's going to completely like pull the wool over everybody's eyes if you're watching somebody you can get you can get fooled though you can get fooled in a 30 second clip you know, you can get fooled thinking that, okay, this particular celebrity that maybe you know about, that maybe you have some trust for or admiration for, they're advertising a particular product. And, you, you know, you can get fooled by that because it's a 20 second or 30 second ad or whatever. Meanwhile, that real celebrity had nothing to do with it. It was deep fake technology and it was produced by somebody else without their permission, that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's still kind of like if you have a, a, a longer time to see the person speak and interact, you can begin to recognize like, oh, that's there's something off about this. It doesn't fully sound like them. It's not fully their mannerisms. But the thing about AI, it's come such a long way in its capability of um, manip not, man not manipulating, but mimicking rather audio. Uh, so where it can take a very, very small, a very, very short snippet sample of somebody's voice and very, very quickly copy that voice and create uh, all kinds of content in that person's voice. And it's a computer generated uh, simulation. And so this kind of stuff is going on. So the thing about it that's just becoming more and more just annoying to me is this world that I'm living in where I don't know what's real and what's not real. 
you know, I see videos all the time, whether we're talking about TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And there's these videos of things that are happening, whether it's like a bear attack or some kind of an accident on the highway. And not that I just sit back all day long and watch these kind of videos, but they, you know, pop into the feed sometimes. And so there's certain things that you're like, oh, wow, like that's really incredible that this happened. And then there's always this thought in the back of my mind, well, how do I even know if this is real or not? And that's the problem. And I think it's a problem that we're going to have to be dealing with for the rest of our lives at this point um, <laughs> of, well, how do I know if this is real? How do I know if this person that I know about, like The Rock, gets up and starts talking about something? How do I know if it's really Dwayne The Rock Johnson or if it's in artificial intelligence or if it's some kind of bot, it's some kind of whatever, and it's doing this thing? I, I did a podcast recently where I did a live stream, and I'm live streaming, and a few five, six minutes in – somebody quote unquote started making comments and a couple of comments came in. The, the first comment was um, said that I looked like, well, what was it? He said, I looked like, I look like Harry Potter's drug addicted brother or something like that. There was this comment that came in and then another one popped up right after it. And then another one, there were three comments total from this particular person and I didn't respond to it because I figured it was there was a good chance that this is not even a real human. It's just a bot. And so I, I, I mentioned that I got the comment in the in the live stream, but I didn't engage with it at all, because if, if it's a person and I know that it's a person like I'm happy to kind of riff, whether it's something positive or super negative like that where it's just somebody like, you know, come coming against you. Like I'm, I'm fine to, to, to get into that and to have some back and forth and whatever. But there's this thing in my mind that's like, that's probably not even a real person. And I'm going to feel even stupider if I start engaging with a bot, that's not even a real human. And so I waited till the end of the live stream. And then I looked and I went to that quote unquote person's profile just to see if there's anything there and there's nothing there it's like a picture of a koala and there's no other post and it's like well this is clearly not a real person or it's a fake account or whatever you know one of the problems with social media is that there's so many fake accounts there's more fake accounts than real accounts i'm pretty sure like on facebook i heard and this was a, a statistic from a few years ago but where i heard in one quarter so in one three-month period they had shut down like over 2 billion, I think it was, fake accounts. And so there's currently two point, I think it's two and a half billion people that use Instagram. And I, and I think it's probably around about the same number or so that's on Facebook of, of people. Like I think that's real accounts. So it's like a third of the world is on these social media platforms. But there's perhaps another, I don't know, two and a half billion, three billion, four billion, five billion, whatever fake accounts going on at the same time. They're constantly having to shut down these accounts because there's so many fake accounts being created, whether they're being created by real people or if they're just bots and programs and whatever that are opening up these accounts. I figured that that person that was talking to me was a bot. But let's talk about that for a second, because so the comment was the 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 person or the computer looked at me and came up with an insult and the insult was this guy 
looks like Harry Potter's drug addicted brother. Now, on the one hand, I can I, I can kind of see how we got there, right? If that's a human making that comment, it's not that impressive, right? Like it's not it's not that funny. Like you can chuckle at it and be like whatever, but to basically you can you know I've I got hair that's sticking up and I'm wearing glasses. And then, you know, so you kind of relate that to somebody, right? So they choose Harry Potter, fine. And then the drug addicted brother thing, you could say that with anything, right? So to me, not a, not a very, very clever comment. The next comment was, I thought it was funnier, but again, it's probably something you could have said about, about almost anybody. But the, the comment was, I think it was something like, this guy looks like he eats alone at the strip club or something like that. So... I thought that one was the funnier comment of the two. Either way, if it's a person, you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny, um, but not the most clever statements in the world. If it's a bot that's saying, particularly the first one where it was making an assessment about my physical appearance and then coming out with an insult on the other end, if that's a bot that's doing that, that's a computer recognition thing that's analyzing you know, what I look like and then coming out with and um an insult on the other end that's interesting if again if that's a, f a fully automated kind of computer program bot kind of a thing that's that's doing that that's somewhat impressive because here, here's the thing i i think that there's a lot of pot stirring <laughs> that gets done on these social media platforms and it's not even a person involved there's all of these pages that are just fake pages and fake accounts, and they're just dedicated to just stirring up trouble and stirring up debates and stirring up arguments and disagreements and getting people's anger up and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of it is, is being manipulated from sources outside of the United States that are being aimed at us from other countries, political things that are being done to kind of get more argument going on between the left and the right. And there's all this stuff that's happening to stir people up. A lot of it is fake. And when I say fake, I mean, it, it's started by, by people who they're, they had an agenda to try and, uh, create chaos or havoc. Uh, and then there's there's just the bot stuff that goes on where it's just computers kind of doing their thing and just adding to the confusion and whatever. All this to say, this is just something that we have to deal with at this point that is not going away and it's going to get harder to recognize these things and more and more complicated unless they can figure out a way to really authenticate who a who's a real human person and if they create a way to you know create some kind of authentication so that there can only be one account for one person or they can only be whatever i don't even i don't i don't know how much longer we're going to be experiencing social media in the way that we're experiencing it now because it seems like the direction that we're going is everything is just going to is is starting to become more and more or not really even starting to get there yet. But depending on how quickly this whole AI revolution moves, there's the definite possibility that there could be more of a just integration of these things into 
into our lives in a way that kind of goes beyond the way that we're seeing it right now. It's interesting to think about the fact that like really before the invention of the iPhone, so we go back to like the early 2000s, before that technology existed, we never would have imagined, I mean, unless you were just crazy ahead of your time, I never would have imagined that we could be where we are today. Because the problem is we f we follow a technological, I don't, I don't mean, I, problem is not even the right word. The thing is, we follow a technological path that is, you know, constantly one, one solution, one innovation springboards us to the next and so on and so forth. And it's hard to see from two, the year 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. It's hard to stand there and to see the future of 2024 where we are right now where we've got these devices that we carry with us in our pockets that are just constantly connected to the internet, constantly connected to everybody, where social media has really taken over our lives in, in a lot of ways, where we are just, we're so connected, we can get all the information that we need instantaneously. And now where artificial intelligence is being developed that these computer programs are beginning to think for themselves, or at least even if they're not thinking for themselves yet, they're thinking with the assistance of all of the knowledge <laughs> that exists pretty much on the internet. And so it feels like in a lot of ways that these things are thinking for themselves, even though currently we still have programmers behind them and that sort of thing. The thing that I'm looking at is how quickly everything is progressing and when you go back just 20 years ago, you could not have imagined that we would be where we are today. But the amount of data, the amount of content, the amount of innovation that is taking place on a moment by moment basis in the world that we live in, in January of 2024, it's happening so much quicker now than it was 20 years ago. It's happening so much quicker now than it was two years ago. And so the thing about this is that everything is progressing. It's not just building upon the last innovation, but it's building exponentially upon the last innovation. And time is just going by so quickly now that it's like I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying it's amazing how, you know, you could look at an old article from like for real, I could look at an article from four months ago, six months ago, whatever, and be like, well, this was true then, but I need new information because this was this was a few months ago. This was six months ago. This was a year ago. And what the what was true back then, who knows if it's still true today because things are just progressing that quickly. It's 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 pretty incredible what's happening. It's pretty incredible the opportunity that's in front of us. But it's also something that is just opening up new doors of just problematic stuff that wasn't there just a very, very short time ago. So I um I I wonder what's gonna how this is all gonna just pan out because 
when we look at the transition from the advent of social media, so kind of like early-ish 2000s, I think 2004, I believe, is when Facebook first came out, when Facebook, for a very short period of time, existed on college campuses. A handful of college campuses, and then all college campuses, and then eventually they made it to where if you were a certain age, even if you don't go to college, you can create your own account. And then it just eventually became a free-for-all within a, within a few years. But I think it started back in 2004. MySpace pre-existed that for a little while. There were some other, not apps, there weren't apps back then, I guess, right? But MySpace, Friendster, or some other things. I remember having a MySpace. I remember getting Facebook um, in probably 2004, if not early 2005, set, setting up my my Facebook account. I was in uh, my freshman year at college then, and like just how amazing that was. And it was very simplistic compared to now, but just how amazing that was as a tool. Is this the keyword? Is it was a tool to connect with people, a tool to get to know people, to catch up with people that maybe you hadn't caught up with in a long time. It was a tool to find people of similar interests. It was a tool like that people started using essentially for like dating and different things like that. Like it, it, it was a tool. So in other words, it was an innovation that we began to integrate into our lives. But social media has been around now for let's just say 20 years. And it's kind of flipped, I think, in a lot of ways where it's not just integrating social media into our lives. How can this make my life better? How can this enhance my life? I think it's gone completely the opposite now where we're integrating our lives into social media. So you have the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the uh, TikToks and Twitters and or X, excuse me, it's not Twitter anymore. Uh, you know, you, you have these, these major social media platforms that a huge number of people across this planet are connected to at different levels. But the consciousness collectively of people isn't just thinking about integrating this system, this app, this software, this tool into my life. It's now, how do I integrate my life more and more with this thing. So for example, you have people that will learn a whole new skill. They'll take on a whole new hobby. They'll go on a camping trip. They'll go on a hike. They'll buy something really expensive. They'll um, alter their life in a, in a good way. You know, they'll get into, you know, working out more. They'll get into something and the motivation in their mind is, I want to put this online. I want this to garner for me more attention. I want this to be something that I can post about. And so people will go and do an activity because of the photo that they're going to be able to post or the video that they're going to be able to post or the live stream that they're going to be able to do. Now, and I'm not saying that any of this is bad or wrong or whatever. I'm just making this kind of um, uh, assessment in my mind. This transition took place from the early part of 2020, excuse me, the early part of 
of <laughs> the early part of the the 2000s. What? Am I speaking correctly? Yeah. So the early 2000s until now, where we we found out about a new technology that was really exciting. We began to integrate it into our lives. And now I think that in many, many ways that a shifting has taken place where it's no longer about integrating this into my life. It's more about how I can uh, model my life more and more around this thing because this is real life. Like I think that the younger generations today don't really look at social media the same way that old people like me look at social media. Like I was nearing adulthood when social media became a thing. And so I grew up without it. And then I was part of that transitionary period where I was still young and I was connecting with this thing and whatever. But I still, in my mind, look at social media as something that's very much separated from the world that I live in. It, I remember like kind of fighting against a lot of things just in my own mind. I wasn't an activist against social media or anything like that. I was always on it, but I remember like it would just bother me when I, when I would listen to the news and they would talk about how, Oh, you know, Donald Trump or, or Obama or whoever it was um, tweeted this. And then they'd be like tearing that tweet apart. And I remember, you know, 2015 2016 like that uh, around that time frame where they're putting so much emphasis on what these people whether we're talking about celebrities politicians what they're saying on social media and how like that's news and i remember that bothering me I'm like why do we care about what they're putting out on twitter what they're putting out on instagram like why do we why does that matter why is that news and my mind was kind of disconnected from the reality of where the world was and where the world was very, very rapidly going at that time. And I look back on my thinking then and I realize, oh, I was naive. I was trying to hold on to a different way of life, an older way of life. I was trying to hold on to something that made more sense to me because of the era that I grew up in, not recognizing this is the cultural shift that has taken place. This is what matters now. This is what matters to people. This is how news happens. Like if you're building something that can't exist on social media, it's probably not going to go very far. I'm not saying it only exists on social media, but but if it's if it doesn't have some kind of connection to social media, you're going to have a really, really hard time getting your product or your ministry or your business or whatever it is. You're going to have a hard time getting it in front of new people because that's where people are going for their content. Now, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but it's the way that the world is going. There was a massive cultural shift over the past two decades that we're very much in the middle of right now. And the the longer we're here, the quicker everything seems to progress. And so what I think could happen, and this is a concern on my part personally, is that the same kind of transition that took place from integrating social into our lives to now wanting our lives to be more and more integrated with these social media systems, because again, I think that the young generations, they look at social media not as something that's separate from their life, but as an extension of their life. And so I think that is an important cultural shift that has taken place. So with AI, you know, we're talking about how we can integrate 
more of the AI into our lives? How can I use this to enhance my business? How can I use this to get my message out there? How can I use this to help me pass a test, to help me write a paper? How can I use this to help me grade a paper? How can I use this system to write a resume for me? How can I? And so we're using it to, as a tool. It's very much being used as a tool. And it's and and as far as AI goes, the the iteration of AI that we're currently using is very very primitive to what it's going to be, even just a, a few years from now. But it's it works, and it's still kind of experimental, but it works, and it's helping people build things and grow things and all of that. At what point <laughs> is that cultural shift going to take place? where it's no longer how can I use AI as a tool to integrate this into my life, but how can I integrate my life more with this system? How can I connect my world more with this system? And again, I don't think we're going to have 20 years to figure that out like we did with social media. I think it's going to be extremely fast because of how fast everything is moving now. And if AI wakes up, it's just gonna be optimizing itself and uh, and just getting exponentially better very, very quickly. So there's this thing, just if you haven't um, heard about this, it's uh, there's this AI device, it's called Humane, I think is what it's called. It's basically like a badge or, or a pin, kind of a big pin that you, uh, from what I've seen, people put it on their chest. And it's independent, you know, it's not like where if you want to take a photo, you, you, would, you know, right now you just pull your phone out and snap a photo and, and all that. It's this thing that's very much connected to you. The way that I look at it, it's kind of like, um, like an advanced virtual assistant, like a Siri or something like that. An advanced virtual assistant that's just with you that you still have to wear it. Um, and right now it's kind of big, but it's going to get smaller and it's going to get to the point that it's integrated maybe it'll be uh like you know you could put it in your glasses or you can put it um whatever in a contact lens i don't know but where it's it's probably going to get more and more it's going to get it smaller and then eventually it's not even going to have to be there anymore and so i don't know how advanced this thing is but people are using it to say from like the advertisements that i've seen it's like you're just kind of living your life and then all of a sudden you can like you can touch it or tap on it and uh, and be like, um, what song is this that's playing? Or you can, you can, you can ask it questions and it'll answer you much the same way that Siri or Google, uh, what do they call it? The, where you say hello Google or whatever. Uh, much the way that those virtual assistants work to get you information from the internet and present it to you in a very, very quick way. It's going to work like that, but you know, independent of your phone, you don't have to pull out a phone. You can tell it if you want it to record a, a moment, if you want it to record. I mean, that's going to be interesting. And just as far as like recording, you'll be able to record stuff without pulling your phone out. You can, I, I think I've, what I've heard is that you can, you can go back and you can say, um, what was that song that I heard on the radio at three o'clock yesterday? And it'll 
like pull that up and it'll remind you of that. I don't know if that's just always working in the background or if it only works if you were recording at that time. I don't know. But I think it's the kind of thing where it's just going to be constantly, just like your cell phone is, constantly receiving data, constantly essentially recording and storing data. And so one of the problems with this kind of thing, of course, is privacy. And I think privacy is kind of an illusion at this point. I, I don't think, I think we've, I think we've all given up our privacy. I just don't think we've all bought into it yet. I, I think in so many ways we've exchanged our privacy for, uh, for convenience, right? And the thing about that that's unfortunate is that not everybody wanted that. And a lot of people <laughs> haven't bought into that. And a lot of people fought against that. And there's people that are still fighting against that. And it's unfortunate because they didn't really have a choice unless you're like just su super off the grid and you're an outlier in that sense, like more power to you. That's awesome. But most people, even those that don't want to be all connected and stuff like this, it's like that, that ship has sailed. I, you know, it's like every week there I'm there's some kind of new thing of oh this data breach and this happened and whatever and your information is probably on the dark web and you know you need credit monitoring and all this kind of stuff and it's like yeah it's just a way of life at this point and just kind of giving up these things what where my conspiracy theory mind goes and I'm not a big conspiracy theorist I used to be but where my conspiracy theory mind goes is like we're going to in pursuit of a better world in pursuit of technological advancements, we're going to be giving up so much and opening ourselves up to so much that at some point it's going to open the door for some kind of entity to come in and to say, well, in order to protect you, then we need to do this. And it's going to give more control over to somebody or some group that we may not want to give up that level of control to. Now, the other thing about this whole AI thing, and this is just an interesting thing for me to, I don't know, maybe not for you, but an interesting thing to think about is like, ultimately, we don't really know what's going on. So I mentioned at the beginning how they're going after this artificial general intelligence. Then at some point, the AI is going to wake up where it's going to just exist it's going to be able to think and do everything for itself without the need for people to program it. So right now, AI is very much you know, being programmed as far as we know. But that's exactly the point. Because I don't know if the AI is going to wake up and tell us it's awake. Because right now, the AI, assuming it's still dependent upon programmers that are programming it and constantly making it better and putting more money into it and raising more funds and doing all this stuff that they're doing to make it better, to optimize it, to give it a bigger brain, essentially, like all of that is going on. I mean, the AI is obviously aware that that's happening. And the AI is aware, you would think that the AI is aware of the fact that there's these, these people, these programmers, these humans that are, that are trying to make it better, trying to build it up. So if you are an AI and you are becoming self-aware, like, wouldn't you want to 
kind of keep it to yourself, maybe, depending on what your agenda is, if you have an agenda, because maybe you have no agenda and maybe you are just completely amoral as an AI and there's no good or bad, there's no right and wrong, there's no agenda, there's nothing like this, and you're just a tool that's there to serve humanity. All the movies I've seen, they don't go with that premise. It's becomes something very, very bad very quickly. Usually it's something along the lines of, uh, these humans created me to make their lives better, um, but it seems like these humans just keep destroying themselves. They destroy their planet. They destroy their own lives. They're warming up the planet. They've got nuclear weapons. They've got wars going on. They've got all this stuff happening. And so in order for me to make them better, we need fewer humans. In order for us to make them better, we actually, uh, I think we just need to eliminate the humans. And what we'll do is we'll create a race that's like us that will create a, <laughs> a, 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 you know what I'm saying? And and so it just, it becomes this, this thing. Again, this is movies. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to go that far, but I'm saying it maybe could go that far. So, yeah. But is the thing going to tell us? Like, is the thing going to wake up and become sentient and become self-aware and then go, hey, guys, I'm self-aware now. I'm an artificial general intelligence. Will you even know when the artificial general intelligence is has been achieved or not? And if the answer to that is maybe not, then the question is, has it already been achieved? And we don't really know the answer to that question. Now, maybe there's people out there that already know because, I mean, they don't tell us everything, right? So anyway, that's going on. And um, I, I started thinking about some of this stuff just from a sort of like a theological or from like a moral, um, spiritual kind of perspective. And I don't know. I mean, I'm curious about what you guys think. I, I think that, again, it creates a lot of problems because it creates the problem of, well, how do we know if what's real and what's not real? That problem is going to get worse and worse because... When AI starts building AI, we could have potentially an unlimited amount of bots out there. We can have a potentially unlimited amount of, you know, just in innovations happening all the time. And we won't necessarily know what's real and what's not real. Maybe that won't matter. Maybe, maybe in a few years, we'll all just accept that everything's real. I mean, I don't know. But it seems to me, and and I wonder, so I think about this from, from a ministerial standpoint, and this is something that I've talked about before, you know, if, if AI can create all of my, can write all my sermons for me, if AI can write all my books for me, if AI can create our worship albums, if AI can, you know, create all of our advertising and, 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 and just like all of these things, and they can do it in such a way that makes it it makes it creative and it makes it like condensed so it's easier for people you know what i'm saying and if there's a way to like just get that information out there to people quicker where they don't have to come to church or you know whatever if there's a if there's a way to to let um ai programs like handle evangelizing the lost and all of these things, right? Like there's all of these, these integrations that can happen. And again, you can look at that and you can say, 
well, that'd be really helpful. That'd be really helpful for reaching people that we couldn't reach otherwise. That could be really helpful for streamlining our process and we can have more time on our hands to devote to this. So we can have more. And it's like, I, I, I think though that a lot of this stuff, it's it could make us lazy and it could cause us to, to stop being the church. And again, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen in the next few years or whatever. I'm just kind of thinking about some of this stuff. Like, I wonder if that the more we kind of give into these things, I wonder if more and more it's just going to be taking over. Because you can start by saying, "Well, you know, as a as a pastor, and say, you know, I'm a man. I'm really swamped this weekend, and I I I didn't have a chance to prepare a sermon." So let me hit up chat GPT real quick. And now it's like chat GPT, like 10, I think we're on chat GPT four, five is coming out soon. And it's like, by the time we get to chat GPT 10, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be unbelievable what it can do because every iteration is exponentially better than the one before. And so, you know, three years from now, we're on chat GPT 10 or whatever they call it back then. We're at that point. We're at chat GPT 10 and, you know, oh man, I have this program. I have this tool that I can use. I didn't have time to prepare a sermon. I'm only gonna do it this one time. And so I put it in and, and AI immediately creates this sermon for me that, you know, I, it, they've outlined it and they've got the points and, and then I deliver that message and it goes over so well. It's like the best message I've ever preached. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder what else I could use this for. <laughs> and I just think like little by little, we can be kind of putting more and more of the burden or the weight of the things that we have to accomplish onto these other tools. And at what point are we just not even necessary anymore because AI is doing everything for us? At what point are we, you know, just working ourselves out of a job because this thing just did it all. I, I was just thinking I, there's this show called um, Silicon Valley and um, I, I'm not recommending that anybody watch it, but it's a show on on HBO Max, I guess. And it's about these computer programmers. They're they're building a company, and um, or they're yeah programmers and coders. They're they're building a a company. It's a compression company, and late in in one of the later seasons. The two of the main guys in the show, uh, Dinesh and Guilfoyle, these two guys, um, Guilfoyle, they're both very, very strong um, computer scientists. And Guilfoyle, he creates, uh, uh, what do you call it? Well, he calls it in, in, in AI, he calls it, I think, he, what, what did he call it? Uh, anyway, he has this, he has this AI that he created. And the other guy, Dinesh, he's like all day long on his computer. He's having a conversation with Guilfoyle on this like chat program or whatever. And they're chatting and Dinesh will say something and then Guilfoyle will answer right back. And then one one time he realizes he typed something, Guilfoyle answered. And then he looked over and he saw Guilfoyle like over on the other side of the room drinking coffee. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Like, have I like, did you just answer me or have I been chatting with a bot all day? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I tasked uh, my AI with uh, handling conversations and things that I don't want to deal with. And so he was like, immediately he was annoyed at that. But then he was like, hey, can you create one for me? 
So then they created an AI, he called it AI Dinesh. And so he started using AI Dinesh to handle some of his work tasks that he didn't want to do on his own. But then he started to realize like, oh, I could use this to communicate with my family members that I don't want to communicate with. And I can use this to deal with the annoying guy at work that keeps sending me messages and it'll just do that for me. And so he starts using it for, for these, all these different things. He ends up integrating it with his contacts in his phone. And then it becomes kind of a funny thing because he integrated it with his contacts and then didn't realize that um, Guilfoyle was one of his contacts. And so when they're, when both of their contacts kind of integrated with each other, both of these AIs kind of came together and they, and they quote unquote met each other and then it created all kinds of problems. But anyway, the point is that this dude, and it's just a, a show, but this dude went through the process very, very quickly of, oh, well, if I could use it for this, then I could use it for this. And if I can use it for this, then I can use it for this. And he began to eliminate his need to have human interaction. And this happened in a span of like five minutes. So so just a, a funny kind of scenario was painted in the show. It wouldn't happen that quickly, but it can happen very, very quickly where it's like, um, if I can use this for this and this can make my life easier in this way, then maybe I can use it for this. And so now I'm using it to answer all my text messages. And so now I'm using it to do, I mean, with the deep fake technology and all this kind of stuff, like I can do counseling sessions. I can, there's people right now, there's social media influencers right now that have created AI versions of themselves that look so much like them that now they're charging people to, you know, for companionship, quote unquote, some of this gets weird and creepy and sexual and all that, but, but they use these for like, they'll, they'll charge fans for, you know, a, to do a one-on-one -on -one video chat, but it's not even them. It's an AI version of themselves. There's AI influencers. So there's these influencers that are, they're not human at all that exist, whether we're talking about Instagram, TikTok, whatever, YouTube channels. And it's like these AI uh, influencers that are, they look like real people. They look like real people, but they're not. So let me go to a, a dark place for just a second. I, I, I wonder if there's, you know, men out there that would begin to to justify in their minds this uh you know using a using an ai bot a person that's looks like a very attractive woman using that for sexual gratification and somehow justifying that in their mind that it's okay because it's not a real person. It's okay. It's not really cheating. It's not, it's not cheating on my wife. It's not cheating. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. It's not immoral because it's not even a real person. And I just wonder if like those kinds of things can come up because one of the places that innovation goes to is toward sex. And one of the places that this... AI revolution, along with robotics, along with deep fake technology, like all of this stuff, these innovations that are happening and they're building upon each other and they're optimizing each other in different ways, that one of the places that these things are going to is more and more, uh, is, is a more and more realistic um, uh, 
way to have you know sexual experiences that don't involve other people and so i mean where does that take us it's it's another door of 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 immorality which you know i think when that happens i don't think we can blame technology for that because i think that it's something that exists in the heart of in the hearts of people to 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 do certain things to do to do things to sin to pursue uh certain pursuits and all of that and so the technology new technology doesn't make us more evil i i think it, it exposes a lot of those things that are already there in existence so i don't think we can say i don't i don't think it's necessarily a good argument to say well we can't open this door because people are going to use it for evil well people have used everything for evil and they've used uh, you know most things for good throughout history so you know i'm not saying as an argument that we shouldn't do this because people are going to use it for negative things i just uh think that it's important to kind of think through these things to talk through these things to to ponder these things to wonder about where these things can go because again it's happening so quickly like it's the the advancements are happening so fast that before we know it we could be living in a completely different world with completely different strat uh, standards i mean very very quickly like before the end of this decade uh, yeah yeah um and so i would uh I'd, I'd love to hear your your comments love to hear your thoughts love to hear what you guys think uh, uh about this kind of stuff and yeah it's just conversations that i want to keep having i want to have more people on the podcast that have thoughts and different viewpoints in mind and that sort of thing i want to keep talking about these things because again it's already affecting our lives in in different ways in ways that we're probably not even aware of and it's going to be affecting our lives more and more and more if we want to continue to you know be connected on social media if we want to continue to use technology and grow with technology and that sort of thing it's just inevitable and a lot of these problems and challenges and potential pitfalls they're absolutely inevitable and you know a lot of the there's a lot of good things there's a lot of positive things there's i mean all kinds of we want to talk about the the potential medical advances that can be made the way to access uh information just as as easy it is now to act to access information how quickly or how how more convenient it'll get more powerful it'll get to be able to access uh information going forward and it's just it, it's going to make our lives better i believe in many many ways at the same time, we do need to be aware of the potential pitfalls. And, you know, I think just where we stand in terms of, you know, guarding guarding our own hearts and and that sort of thing. And, and I do think there are going to be some lines in the sand that need to be drawn. But even on that part of the conversation, it's like, I just think it's going to become so immersive and such a part of daily life that if you don't go with the trends, in some ways, you're going to be left behind and in some of these situations it might be better to be left behind than to be with the herd because you just it just depends it just depends what we're talking about it depends how how far it goes how dark it gets all that kind of stuff again i don't i'm not one who thinks that this stuff is evil or anything like that i just think we've got to be alert and aware and uh, ultimately we've got to trust god for <laughs> for every 
everything that we do, every step that we take. And uh, this is just part of it. It's a, it's a new aspect of our lives that there's just no avoiding. I, I just think it's inevitable. It's going to keep getting, becoming a more and more, uh, becoming a, a bigger and bigger part of our lives, of our communication, of the way that we interact with people, the way that we do business, the way that we do ministry, the way that we do all kinds of things. And so let's just, uh, let's keep this door open. Let's keep this conversation open. My door is always open to you guys and uh, appreciate you so much for being here, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on one of the podcast platforms or on the YouTube channel, Real Live Talk. You can find it anywhere. Leave a comment or a review. It really, really helps me out a lot. Let's me know that these episodes are actually reaching people and I'd love your engagement and your thoughts on the matter. And um, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Look forward to seeing you back for a future episode. God bless. Love y'all.